Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team with no in-season management. Get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, sign up with promo code FSE, and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code FSE and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with another episode of Dynasty Decisions. Dynasty Decisions episode 47. Today, if you guys don't know, what we're doing this week is Dynasty Decisions Week. We have so many questions from you guys that we need to empty out the queue. We need to get a lot of these out here. A lot of patron questions, a lot of uh, regular submissions from Twitter and Discord. So we figured this week we're just going to cover Dynasty Decisions the entire week. A lot of you guys want your teams answered. Normally we do 10 uh, submissions per video, so they're about 55 you know, hour-long videos. We're going to shorten the videos a little bit, but release more of them. Put about eight submissions in each video. Hopefully we get this video around 40, 45 minutes, and uh, you guys can be on your merry way. We know how much you guys love this series. A lot of support shown for it. So we want to give back to you guys, make sure that everybody gets their questions answered. Yeah, for sure. And again, if you guys have been wondering, oh, they haven't gotten to my team yet. We genuinely have people in this queue, people on these upcoming videos that have sent submissions like since mid-May. That's how deep our queue has been. That's how many people have been wanting to feature on Dynasty Decisions. So if we haven't gotten to you thus far, you're more than likely going to be covered within this next week. So yeah, we we just want to empty the queue. We want to get you guys back rolling. And at the end of the day here, we appreciate you guys' support. So the least we can do is at least go through your teams on a Dynasty Decisions video. Hence the reasoning for a Dynasty Decisions week. Yeah, so if you guys do want to be part of future videos, future episodes, uh, you guys should know how to uh, reach us at this point. Patrons get the first priority, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. Our redraft rankings, best ball rankings should be releasing within the next week or two as well. So if you guys are curious um, for underdog drafts and all that kind of stuff, where you can find our redraft rankings, we will have those for you very soon. Uh, Twitter and Discord also if you want to submit uh, Dynasty Decisions questions. But before we get into this video, if you guys enjoy it, like, comment, subscribe. Now let's hit the intro. So as usual, we're going to start off with the patron questions. The first question comes from Jackson, a 10-team, one-quarterback PPR league. It is IDP as well, but I, I decided just not include it, uh, his IDP players because we don't cover IDP. But uh, the, his first question is that he needs to cut three players. Uh, this is his team here, Kyler, Lance, Wentz, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Zeke, A.J. Dillon, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton, Elijah Moore, Jamison Williams, D Jahan Dotson, David Bell, etc., Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth, Rob Gronkowski, mainly at tight end, does not have his first or his second in this draft class coming up, but he does have two thirds, two seconds in 2024, and then all of his other future picks. So his main question is he needs to cut three of these players. Remember, it is a one quarterback league, so Carson Wentz could be one of those guys that you consider on the chopping block. Uh, who are the guys that you're kind of leaning towards? Yeah, I know one quarterback league, I don't mind letting go of Wentz there, especially if you have Kyler Murray and Trey Lance. You should be set at the quarterback position. Uh, you mentioned uh, Chuba and Gerald Everett. That's who two. he said he's thinking of cutting. That's, is what, who yeah, I have that you want to cut Chuba and Gerald Everett. I don't mind that at that point, given the fact that you do have three deep at tight end. I don't mind Gerald Everett as a keeper, but realistically, 
your team is very good. Your team is very well rounded. So if you have to lose Gerald Everett, your fourth tight end, I don't, you know, I don't oppose it if that's the guy you want to cut. Right. So his other main question is that he feels like he's in win now mode. Again, the quickest way you can determine if you're in win now mode is by looking at your running back position, which I would say you're definitely in win now mode by looking at a three stack of Aaron Jones, David Montgomery and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, And also he doesn't have his future picks in this, this draft class, but he's also not sure if his running backs are good enough to win now. So Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, I would say given the framework of the rest of your team, you have a difference-making quarterback, a difference-making tight end, a very strong wide receiver core. Your running backs should suffice as a win-now type of contender. But the one thing I would say about your running backs is see how they're valued on the open market, especially as a win-now team. David Montgomery and Ezekiel Elliott, I would see what you can gauge the market for. If you can downgrade, you know, quote-unquote, this year's production to a younger running back, David Montgomery, um, you know, maybe end one of your, your 2024 second for Travis Etienne or something like that, then I would probably look to do something like that. And I mean, to be honest, Travis Etienne, I'm almost rather have than David Montgomery this year as well. So um, I would gauge your league market on your running back position. But if you were forced to go into the season with this team, I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I think this is a solid team. Obviously, you know, you got elite talent at certain positions. I mean, with Kyler Murray, Jamar Chase and Darren Wall, they should all be like, top three at their positions, top five at their positions level players. I think Aaron Jones, you know, although we're kind of comparatively lower on him than the industry is, he should still be, you know, a locked and loaded, what, top 10 to 15 back at worst this year. And then, I mean, if you're looking at the other framework of your team, yeah, you're definitely in win now mode. I definitely think you can make a splash and potentially compete with this team. And at least you have a good amount of liquidity to potentially make maneuvers. Say you get off to a slow start, you can still shift some pieces around. You want to, you know, Take that next step. Say your team starts six and one and you want to, you know, make a next step to try to push for that championship. You have liquidity again, as I said, to be able to make that step forward. So overall, I think you're in a good position. You're definitely in win now. And yeah, your your running backs may not quote unquote look great on paper, but given the strength of your wide receiver core, I, I think they're more than suitable. Right. So he has a couple trades here that he made, um, to get to this point with his team. Um, he traded away his own 2023 first. So uh, that's why he doesn't have it. And he got in return, David Montgomery and Cortland Sutton at face value. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good trade, especially for a team that's positioned even before you made this trade, you would have had, you know, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, um, you know, Darren Waller guys that are in their like primes and win now kind of contending windows. So the fact that like, if you told me you traded a 2023 first away for David Montgomery himself, I, I don't even think that would have been that terrible of a move considering your, uh, your position and your team. But knowing that you also got Cortland Sutton, who I would say his value is probably about an early second in 2023 at worst. Um, So I think that's a pretty solid move for you, especially considering your win now kind of appeal of your team. Yep, very solid. The next year here, you guys can see he did send away uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Deion Jones in exchange for the 107, a 2023 third, and a 2024 second. So again, we're not too sure about the relative IDP value, but I know know, Deion Jones is a, a solid linebacker, but... He has been dealing with some injury issues lately at the middle linebacker position, so that's something to watch. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, for a win-now team, he suspended the first six games, so you do pivot. You get more liquidity. You add a second and a third, as well as Jameson Williams, who I would quite easily take straight up over DeAndre Hopkins. So, again, I'm not too sure about Deion, uh, Deion Jones in terms of IDP, but to me, this looks like a W deal. Yeah, I would say, like like Danny said, we're not really sure about IDP value, but the 107 for Hop and Deion Jones almost seems like it would probably be equivalent value. So the fact that you get a 2024 second and a 2023 third on top of that uh, should definitely round that trade out. He also made some moves during his rookie draft um, to maneuver. I don't know how the fuck you got away with this, but you got Deontay Johnson and the 204. I would have done this just for Deontay Johnson in a heartbeat. 
Um, And you traded away the 108, which was Christian Watson. And I'm assuming that was on the clock when somebody really wanted the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, The 308, which was John Mechie, which is pretty good value for that guy getting uh, John Mechie at 308. And a 2023 fourth. I mean, Woodshed. Deontay Johnson is worth. I would rather have Deontay Johnson than every pick in this draft, not named the 101, maybe 102, depending on um, your your thoughts on Drake London. So Deontay Johnson, the fact that you got him for like a, a, a late first rounder and you also got the two Oh four, which became David bell um, is pretty wild to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, he traded up for Christian Watson and you ended up with the better rookie receiver. So uh, that's all I He actually about. also could have gotten Jahan Dotson at the two Oh four, which is what we're going to talk about in a second. He still ended up getting him. So the next trade that he made in his rookie draft was he got Jahan Dotson at two Oh eight. I'm assuming you traded up for Jahan Dotson because he should not have been there at 208. I don't know, you you know the, IDP, the IDP ramifications here in terms he, of um, how you needed to, like how many players went ahead of Jahan Dotson from an IDP perspective, but Jahan Dotson being there at 208 is absolutely absur- uh, absurd. So it looks like you traded up or traded back maybe from the 203 um, and gave up a 2023 20, second on top of it for Jahan Dotson, uh, the 209 and Kyle Hamilton. Justin Ross at the 302 is a little rich for me uh, for an undrafted free agent wide receiver, but I'm assuming this was probably like peak Justin Ross one-handed catch hype video situation. So again, I, I probably wouldn't have spent an early third round pick on a, a wide receiver that didn't get drafted, but um, Justin Ross's talent definitely dictates he would have been worth that pick. Yeah, I, I'm again, like even if you didn't get the 302 there, it was Dotson and Hamilton for 203 and a 20, 23 second. I, I, I don't think that would have been awful. I am, yeah, not a huge fan of that Justin Ross pick. I think he's, you know, a talented player, but realistically if the medical red flags weren't as large as they are he would have been drafted within the first two rounds so the fact that he did go undrafted yes he landed with casey he landed with patrick mahomes but he's got he's a long shot to even make the roster at this point like if he's healthy sure i i think he can make the roster and i can he can make an impact but playing the odds playing the percentages an undrafted free agent they face a long shot to even make the roster the fact that he's going to actually contribute from a fantasy perspective for you uh, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I like I like Justin Ross if you can get him in the fourth round or if you can get him after the rookie draft as an undrafted free agent yes. and spend some fab on him, but I'm not going to be willing to spend high draft capital on him because, I mean, in a three-wide receiver set, it's going to be MBS, Juju, and Sky Moore for the most yes. part. And they still have McCole Hardman. They still have some other guys probably that they kind of like. So it is an uphill battle for Justin Ross to even make the team, like Danny said, and two, to get actual playing time uh, on the field, especially considering Justin Ross has missed some of his development time too with the injury that he suffered at Clemson. So there's probably a chance that he might be a little behind the curve from like a a football knowledge perspective as well. Yeah. I just, uh, like I I think from a process standpoint, I did see earlier that Mechie went at the 308 from process standpoint, just taking an undrafted free agent over a top 45 overall NFL draft pick just isn't it to me. So, um, again, I'm not going to harp on it too much. I think overall the summary of your moves, you did profit, you did do well. And uh, as we kind of said, we do think you, you have a really good chance to try to compete this year. Yeah. So, um, final thoughts on the team, obviously Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott. Those are the, the type of the players that I would see what you can get it. If you have to go into the season with those guys, then so be it. But if you can transition Ezekiel Elliott into a younger running back, you can transition Aaron Jones into a younger running back, David Montgomery into a younger running back. I think that would be a move that I'd be looking to do. So uh, let's get on to the next team here. We have Scott Reese. Uh, it's just trades that he had for us that he wanted to know. Uh, 10 team league didn't specify Superflex or one quarterback. I don't think it matters based on these trades because there's no quarterbacks involved. But uh, trade number one, he received DJ Moore in the 206 
for Rashad Bateman, Miles Sanders in the 205. So 205 and 206, I mean, basically cancel sure. each other out. Yeah. DJ Moore for Miles Sanders and Rashad Bateman basically is what the trade yeah. is. Yeah, that guy, that guy just wanted a little power move, I guess, going up from the 206 to the 205. He just kind of wanted to set the tone. But, I mean, either, either way, though, uh, the way I look at it, uh, I am very bullish on Rashad Bateman. I think he's a, a great top 24 dynasty wide receiver, arguably top 20 dynasty wide receiver. But if you're telling me the collateral to move up from Rashad Bateman to a guy in DJ Moore who's a legitimate 27, 28-plus percent target share type of wide receiver at 25 years old, I, I'm doing this in a heartbeat. Yes, could Rashad Bateman end up by this time this year being over DJ Moore? Sure, but having Miles Sanders as like the insurance in case that doesn't happen, like, yeah, just give me DJ Moore. I'm fine with parting with Miles Sanders to upgrade uh, at that point because when it's all said and done, if DJ Moore goes out next year and finally has that breakout year given that his target share percentages and his touchdown share percentage would dictate, he could be a top five, top six dynasty wide receiver by this time next year. Dude, if Matt Corral, and we we didn't talk about this with DJ Moore in the dynasty wide receiver rankings, if Matt Corral is as good as Davis Mills was last year, DJ Moore is going to have a, a super, like a, a phenomenal season. And I don't know if Matt Corral is going to start a lot of games for the Carolina Panthers, but like I'd imagine they're going to get fed up with Sam Darnold pretty quickly if he's the starting quarterback and they don't have Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield or something like that. So all he needs is like, just give him like a fucking four, like a 3,800 yard passing quarterback. Like he doesn't even need like a high level quarterback. Just throw up 22 touchdowns and 3,800 passing yards and DJ Moore can, can have a, you know, 1300 yards, seven touchdown season. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, looking at this next deal, he was able to acquire the 102, which was Drake London. The 201, which he says here is going to be Sky Moore or Jahan Dotson, as well as the 301 in exchange for the 107, what he describes as being a very late first in a 10-team league. So probably, you know, the 108 to 110 type of range, as well as the 306 here. So overall, when you're looking at this deal, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I would probably say that like the so the 107 he said like Chris Olave type is probably what he's passing on. 102 obviously a big difference between 102 and 107 this year in our opinions. If you get Sky Moore at that 201, a ve- like a late first versus Sky Moore in next year's draft class is relatively even value plus you get the the upgrade of the third round pick and you're also going up five picks in the first round. So I would say at face value, this is probably just like an even trade. I don't think you'd killed him. I don't Agreed. think he killed you. Probably just an even trade overall. But I do think, you know, you're getting the most secure asset in this deal, which is Drake London. You can move on to the next team. That's going to be from Jonathan, uh, another Patreon member, a 12-team Superflex team uh, PPR with a half tight end premium. So I'll let you take it away with this team. Yeah, so he's got Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Matt Corral, and then some fodder there. So a little weak at the QB3 position. Uh, Pollard. Algier, Drake, just absolute zero RB. AJ Brown, Tyler Lockett, Michael Thomas, Jahan Dotson, David Bell, Jalen Tolbert, Wandell Robinson, Khalil Shakir, etc. And Kyle Pitts, obviously a good way to have a rebuild in a tight end premium. Three firsts in next year's class, six seconds in next year's class, three thirds in next year's class, two fourths, five firsts in 2024, a second, no third, and his fourth. So a lot of draft capital, not a lot of uh, superstar level players, but he does have some true foundational building blocks with right. AJ Brown, with Kyle Pitts, and then some young guys and in, and guys that you can flip mid season to with uh, Lockett, Michael Thomas. I must have been in the draft room with you when you made this team because I mean this is something that I would build for the most part. You get you know security. I mean you locked up Pitts, who's arguably the the toughest as I mean realistically within the next few years. Other than maybe Brock Bowers, though, I mean, Brock Bowers isn't even close to the prospect of Pitts is, but Brock Bowers is probably going to end up being, you know, the tight end two, tight end three in Dynasty by the time he comes out. Other than that, I mean, unless you're guaranteed a Brock Bowers, like Kyle Pitts is going to reign autonomy 
over the entire tight end landscape for the next 10 years and arguably is going to be the toughest asset to get. They're going to be as as much as we love some of the superstar quarterbacks, you know, your Allens, etc. Like we're still going to have some talented quarterbacks come out. There are rarely going to be another tight end apart from maybe Bowers that is going to be even remotely close to this pits atmosphere. So having that locked up in the productive struggle that you have with all that draft capital is basically a perfect build. The way I look at it again, you have quarterback liquidity with Carr and Tannehill. Uh, again, if they're balling out at season, the contender saying, yeah, I'm willing to add to your pick collection. You already have go nuts there. I got a couple of guys there. Like if Zeke gets hurt or if Algiers having a nice little rookie season, you have again, some liquidity there to be able to move for future picks for future assets with that running back core and then a wide receiver. I mean, Lockett, MT, Dotson, or Lockett, MT, uh, guys like that for the most part, if they are back to being their, you know, top receiver in the NFL, real-life NFL production standpoint, you're going to be able to net some return. Because as we know, you know, veterans in the offseason are devalued. But if those guys go out and have a really good start to the season, you're going to be able to make a profit on them. Right, and that's basically what he said his mindset was. He got Lockett, Michael Thomas, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, all at value. He was I, I didn't intend to draft these older players, but they fell to me, basically is what he said. And once, you know, like he said uh, with Zeke Elliott, if he goes down, Tony Pollard is going to have a lot of value in the open market. His mindset is to stay in a productive struggle, build out his war chest. The bottom four teams in the draft are in a draft lottery for the top four picks. I've never personally played in a league like that. I usually just go on max points four in most of my leagues, but I do think that adds a little bit of a wrinkle. So um, in that kind of league, you don't necessarily need to have the worst record. So it doesn't kill you as much to hold some of the Michael Thomas, Tyler Lockett production for a couple weeks because you're not getting, you know, a couple wins out of it and ruining your chances at B. John Robinson type of thing. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, you kind of outlined exactly the advice I'd given. I didn't even read that blurb yet prior to giving my advice, but seems like, again, you you know what what's up here. You just kind of flip production when it happens, keep increasing that liquidity. And again, by 2024, 2025, like legitimately with the amount of draft capital you have, Good luck for the rest of your league. You already have pits in place. Imagine you add, you know, Bijan, Boutte, JSN next year. And then maybe in 2024, you know, you're looking at guys like Travion Henderson, Xavier Worthy, Caleb Williams. Like you're in a very, very good spot here. Yeah, exactly. And I would um, mid-season when you're trying to trade Michael Thomas and Tyler Lockett away, just I would probably just aim for 2024 picks. Just absolutely dominate that draft because you already have five picks in it. And people know about the 2023 class too. So uh, it should be a, a pretty easy way for you to continue stacking up value, continue stacking up picks to go along with uh, the, the best dynasty uh, productive struggle strategy is picks and pits. Literally just get pits and get picks. That's, that's basically <laughs> what you need to do. Going that's the motto. So if you, uh, if you guys made it to this point in the video, comment down below picks and pits um, <laughs> gerbil next team that we're going to talk about here, the final patron of the video, 12 team super flex PPR tight end premium league. Jameis Winston, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know why I listed Jameis first, uh, Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, uh, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, main running backs, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, Keenan Allen, Juju, Michael Gallup at wide receiver, and then uh, Robert Tunyon, Austin Hooper, a lot of fodder at the tight end position. So um, he basically says, I got another entry for Dynasty Decisions. This was the startup draft I did just the other day. I really like it, and I think I have a chance to win it all. Obviously, my tight end position is seemingly weak i actually have you know I, he's like i like tanya this year with Devonte gone and my qb2 and i would say his qb3 could be better as well he also says he has all of his draft capital for future years so he doesn't have any additional picks but he didn't trade anything away during the startup he says what trades would you guys recommend i should make if any yeah looking at this team i mean it, it's clear to me you know you got, you got the mainstay at quarterback you clearly need a quarterback three 
two type because you know Winston could be you know a two three archetype. Maybe you know you get a guy like Tannehill Carr to really solidify that quarterback room. I'd say that would be a need. Running backs, I mean, you know, you're ready to compete with that running back room. Mixon, Montgomery, Fournette, Hunt all have uh, genuine upside this year. A wide receiver, you know, you got your three starters with a couple nice depth pieces. But as you know, our thoughts on Juju Smith-Schuster, as I'm sure Corey will get into in a second. Well, we'll touch on that a little bit. And that tight end, like, yeah, you could be optimistic about Tunyon. I still think that's a weak room because if Tunyon doesn't do what you expect him to, like, you have absolutely nothing there. Like, nothing. Yeah, I would say that I would float, like, your second round pick out for some tight ends and see what you can get. See if you can get Dalton Schultz with it. See if you can get, you know, somebody in that territory, Dallas Goddard. It's a, it's a tight end premium. So you might not be able to get guys like that. I'd also float the market right now on Rob Gronkowski because he has not made a decision on if he's retiring or if he's staying. So if you can get Gronkowski or Zach Ertz or something for a third round pick, that would really help your cases of winning this year as well. I would say your biggest weakness is QB two, because I consider um, Jameis Winston at QB three in dynasty right now. So I mean, it's tough. I think, like Danny said, Tannehill, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins is the type of territory I would be aiming for because I don't necessarily want to give up my 2023 first. And if I do, I would go like trade your 2023 first away for Derek Carr in a second or, you know, Kirk Cousins in a second or, you know, one of those guys and a tight end if you can uh, as well. Um, But you've kind of the, the only problem I have with this startup draft is that you did pigeonhole yourself. I'm assuming you picked Joe Mixon pretty early in this draft. And also if you were going for a win now contending strategy, Chris Godwin, while he's in his prime is probably going to miss a, a couple games this year and, and be off to a bit of a slow start. Same so I might, have went, you know, went, I might've went with somebody else in that territory that might be a little bit more healthy at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Same with Gallup. And then uh, with Calvin Ridley too, you're expected to miss the season again. If your plan was to, you know, punt year one, I would have liked, you know, the, the Ridley fit on this team, but you can't really afford to punt year one, given the structure of your running back room. Like, who knows? Like if Mixon's relative value by this time next year, he's going, you know, round three, round four area right now for the most part in most drafts. If he has a down year this year, like we're looking at a guy that could legitimately fall to round five, round six, like four net type of area. Cause he'll be a 26, 27 year old running back. So I do think you did sacrifice a decent amount of value in your draft, unfortunately. But again, uh, you still have the framework to be able to compete. It's just, yeah, your tight end one is going to be a mess unless Tunyon takes the step that you mentioned. And quarterback two, like, I like Jameis as, like, you know, a two-three type, but realistically I want, as Corey kind of said, like a Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Maybe you can go after, like, who knows? Maybe you can go after, you know, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and get that stack because that would be the type of move that you would have to do with the structure of this team. Yeah, I actually didn't even think of that. That would be a really good idea if uh, if you grab Tom, uh, Tom Brady as your quarterback too because him and Mahomes obviously are going to be huge difference makers yeah. for you this year. So overall, in terms of startup strategy, I would say going forward, I would try and maintain a little bit better flexibility yeah. um, because you probably had to make the Joe Mixon pick in like round three or something to get him. Uh, I probably would have bypassed that territory of running backs and then you know made your decision by rounds four and five whether or not you're going to compete. I would just much rather have like Saquon in round five than Joe Mixon in round three and then that Easily. way you would have added you know, presumably like a Metcalf or something to this team instead of mixing. Yep. No, I agree. So uh, overall, we can move on to the non-patrons and we'll start off with Drewski, a 10-team Superflex tight end premium. And again, I'll let you take it away with these teams. Yeah, so he's got uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, Tua Vailoa, Carson Wentz as his top quarterbacks. Not the greatest room there, but at least you have some job security for the most part. James Conner uh, as his main running back there, pretty much nobody else of value. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith, 
uh, Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney, et cetera, at wide receiver. Pat Fryermuth is his main tight end with Ertz and Joku, some other guys there. On his taxi squad, he has Drake London, David Bell, and Sky Moore, which obviously help out his wide receiver core quite a bit. And he has five first-round picks in this class, three first-round picks in 2024. He also has three seconds in this uh, class coming up at four seconds in the uh, future class in uh, 2024 and two firsts in 2025 as well. So he has built out uh, a very, very solid war chest of picks, a fucking loaded wide receiver core, especially when you consider the future ramifications here, solid uh, building block tight end. If you guys are building out a productive struggle war chest type of move, I love having Pat Frymuth as my tight end. I think he's like the perfect guy to grab for that kind of build. So, I mean, this, this to me just seems like spend your picks. Like yeah. once you get them, uh, I mean, the the quarterback position, I, I would try and see if you can try and secure a stud, maybe using, like, if you can Tua. if you can flip, like, Tua and a 2023 first and, like, two seconds for, I don't know, Kyler Murray. I mean, maybe you can't do something like that. Maybe you can only get, like, Trey Lance for uh, using Tua as part of the trade. I would probably try and secure a foundational quarterback if, if possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, package what Tua Pickett in the 2023 first. Maybe you can get somebody to bite on giving you a guy like Trey Lance. Maybe it doesn't even cost that much. Maybe your league is high on Tua Tungavailoa and Trey Lance are scared that Jimmy G is going to start. The, I don't know. Maybe there's uncertainty. Yeah, if you can get Trey Lance for Tua in a first or something like yeah, that, that's, that's an easy that's move to make. Heartbeat, you know, smash type of move. Uh, yeah, I mean, Corey hit the nail on the head here. You do mention here, you know, Connor Hurst. Injoku, Injoku, again, another tight end I like, especially in a one-year productive struggle, uh, especially when he has Deshaun Watson as quarterback. This is a guy that could be a legitimate top eight tight end by this time next year, at least. So uh, I really like how you structure this team. Just keep keep it going. I mean, if James, if James Conner, you know, first five weeks next year is the RB7 and a contender is willing to give you, you know, maybe they, they're scared about giving you their 2023 first. Go after the 2024. I mean, you, you clearly already added a 2025 first. Maybe you can get, you know, a 2024 one and a 2025 one for James Conner and a 2023 two. Like, you can do that type of move. If somebody's trying to compete within the next two years, say, oh, you know what? I get more, uh, I get Conner this year and next year. The 2023 second is going to help me earlier than the 2025 first will. So in their mind, it makes a lot of sense. But at the end of the day, yeah, you gave up Conner and a two for two first round picks so those are the type of little savvy moves you can make and if you can already start getting autonomy on that 2025 class already have two if you can add you know three four maybe uh because people are looking at it so far out mindset they're they think oh well i don't know what i'm gonna be doing in 2025 i might be having kids in 2025 i might be you know retired from my job by 2025 if they have that type of mindset go take advantage right now yeah Najee harris will be like 32 years old by then <laughs> um so he basically says uh what have, what have I like? I've done a good job of collecting picks, uh, solid young wide receiver core. I would say, yeah, your wide receiver core is honestly like good enough to compete with, uh, let alone have a have a productive struggle because all of them are young for the most part. He also wants to target guys that hopefully will rise in price and sell during the season. Obviously, a good strategy if you're a rebuilding team. And then he wants to draft quarterback and running back basically the next two draft classes, hammer out that position, and then build out depth in the next few years. Any advice on trade targets? He says, what should I do with these picks, players to target next year or look out for? Overall, just looking to see what you guys think and trying to keep an open mind for my options. So the main thing, like I said, go after a stud quarterback if you can, because then you don't have to put as much faith into hitting on quarterback in uh, in your future draft classes. Because, I mean, you don't have to worry about buying a 25-year-old quarterback at this point. Like, your team will probably be ready to compete by 2024 season. So um, if, you, if you get, you know, Kyler Murray out of one of these players, 
and one of your picks, you draft Bryce Young and, you know, another quarterback in 2024, then you suddenly have a great quarterback core and you've probably built out your running back core as well. So I think you're in a good spot. We could probably move on to the next team here, which is from uh, Jay Tiz. 12-team, uh, 1.75 tight end premium. I believe it's a full PPR league. Looks like he has Deshaun Watson, Mac Jones, Sam Howell as his main quarterbacks, uh, Najee Harris, Brees Hall, uh, A.J. Dillon as his main running backs, T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Godwin, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Tolbert as his main wide receivers, Kyle Pitts as his top tight end. A lot of Kyle Pitts today. Uh, and then he has some defenses, I guess, that are, that count into his scoring as well. Um, he lists his picks here as like 101, 104, 110. I'm assuming he already spent all these. 101 being Brees. 104 was probably Burks. 105 was probably Wilson. 10, uh, 110 was probably Jamison Williams. Uh, 205 was probably uh, Jalen Tolbert. And then 405, probably like Ty Chandler or something like that. So uh, 2023 first, he has, holy shit. Look, how does he get seven of them? Yeah, so he's got seven ones going forward. So, I mean, this team is like just the definition of house money. I know what Danny's going to say. He's like, Najee Harris has basically already got a retirement fund. Go and get him off your team. I think this is a team that can be competitive in 2023. I don't have any conviction to sell Najee Harris with this team. Dude, honestly, the only thing I'll say is maybe shift Najee to Swift. Or Javante. Yeah, if you can get one of the other young running backs, Javante or Swift, then I'm cool with that. But I would probably be just... Because once you spend those 2023 picks, like you got, you're probably going to have Bijan with one of those. And you're probably also going to get like Gibbs or Tucker with one of the other. You'll probably add another quarterback or two, maybe um, at the wide receiver position, you fill out an even already loaded wide receiver core with more. You should be ready to compete with this team as soon as the 2023 season. So this year house money, maybe try and uh, shift away from some production to tank your own pick. But for the most part, you have so many picks that you're probably going to have whatever the one one ends up being anyway. The other thing I'll say right now, again, like I love the liquidity too. The only thing I'll mention is when Mac Jones's value right now is so hot because people are looking at his long-term projectability, you package Mac Jones in a 2023 one and you go to see if you can get a difference maker, a quarterback long-term to pair with Watson. That is the only maybe potential transition. Aside from that, like, yeah, enjoy your house money year because next year and on, uh, good luck to to your league mates. Yeah, exactly. I I think the the best thing you can do probably if you're looking to make a trade is probably go after another elite quarterback because I mean, the quarterback class next year is probably better than it was this year, but I mean, that's not saying much. Kenny Pickett was the only first round quarterback and Kenny Pickett fucking stinks. So, um the fact that you could get like Mac Jones in a 2023 first, maybe you throw in like another pick or something like that, a second or something, and you go get a true difference maker like Trey Lance or, you know, uh somebody in that territory, maybe Dak Prescott then you could easily transition to this team to a win now contender. Once you spend those 2023 firsts on a quarterback three in that class, maybe a couple running backs, maybe a couple wide receivers, and then you're just ready to go. And you already have two difference making quarterbacks and you're not relying on a rookie or Mac Jones. Hypothetical. What about like Mac Godwin in a 2023 one for Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Yeah, like I, I would definitely be looking to to secure a second stud quarterback with this team structure. You don't have to worry about depth for the most part. You're if you drafted no wide receivers in 2023, you'd probably be fine with this wide receiver core. Your your only real difference that you would need to make up would be like one more good running back, one more good quarterback, and then the rest of those picks are just like house money and depth. So uh, the last thing we'll say, and then we'll move on to the next team here, is that he drafted his team really young this offseason, been trading away for 2023 picks. I'd say you've done a pretty good job of that. What kind of moves should I make from here? He just traded Elijah Moore for a 2023 first because he took Garrett Wilson in the rookie draft. Again, probably not the greatest idea. I'm fine holding both of those wide receivers, but if that's an early to mid first, I think that's fine value for Elijah Moore. Um, And he also has Brees Hall too. So he was like, I don't want three jets on my team. Fair enough, I suppose. And then he got uh, Jamison Williams as well. So 
Um, for the most part, again, you, you look like you you know what you're doing at this point. We can move on to the next team, which is from Stoney's Tavern here. Superflex League didn't tell me if it's like PPR or tight end premium or whatever, but I know it's a Superflex League. It is uh, IDP as well, but we're going to just kind of ignore those positions. Uh, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Jameis Winston is his main quarterbacks. Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, uh, Josh Jacobs as his main running backs. Wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Michael Pittman Jr., Cortland Sutton there. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson is his main tight end and Mike Kosicki there also to go along with it. Doesn't look like he has any of his picks uh, or at least have his high picks in the uh, first, second, third round of 2022, but he does have two ones in 2023, a second, uh, no third. So he basically asked what is next with his team. Um, should he keep his 2023 ones or make a move to try and make his team a little bit more competitive and what kind of weaknesses does he have with his roster? And then we'll get into some of his trades as well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, we can look at it right now. I mean, this team is very well suited to try to, you know, compete this year. I would say, you know, Prescott and Hertz, uh, should both be top eight to 10 type of quarterbacks this year. Winston's the perfect quarterback three to pair with them running backs, you know, Gibson, uh, Mixon, Jacobs, Akers. Uh, plenty of depth there. Uh, I'll get more on Gibson in the second. Uh, wide receiver Jefferson, AJ Brown, Metcalf, Pim. Yeah, yeah, like did that wide receiver course ready to compete. Tight end, you know, I'm not the hugest fan of uh, Hawkinson specifically at value, but he should be if he's healthy. You know, a top six, seven tight end at the worst. So I don't mind that. I can't really speak on the defensive players, but anytime you see, you know, Aaron Donald, Devin White, Daniel Hunter, and stuff, uh, surely you have. Uh, a suitable uh, IDP type of array in terms of points potential there. So overall looking at this team, I think you're in a good spot. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah. The one move I would suggest is, I mean, you, you talked, talked about Antonio Gibson. I don't think I've ever said this on a dynasty decisions episode, but could you, if you could get Derek Henry for Antonio Gibson right now, would you take it with this team structure? With this team, or maybe I'd look to add a little piece onto Gibson and get ETN. Yeah, or if you can even get Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley using Gibson in some way, um, yeah. I would consider like you have your second rounder next year. If you could take Antonio Gibson in a 2023 second to get up to Christian McCaffrey or get up to, I mean, maybe you'd have to add a first to get Christian McCaffrey, but Barkley. Uh, if you could get to Barkley with that, then I would definitely be willing to do something yeah. like that. Gibson is just kind of a little bit of a sitting duck on this team because he's probably your fourth best running back this year. I would rather have Mixon, Jacobs, and Akers than him this year. Um, and he also, while he's young, uh, his job security might be dwindling if he has a little bit of a down season this year. So I would see what you can get for him. If you can get a guy that's going to be a bigger difference maker for you this season, I might consider doing something like that with Antonio Gibson. So um, he also says your advice has helped me develop this team from a two to three year win team or two to three win team when I adopted it to now an eight uh, to, you know, good playoff bound team. Uh, so thanks for that. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Let's get into some of the trades that he made here. So uh, the first trade, uh, you guys can see it on the screen there. He received the left side of this move. So he gets a 2023 first and second for the 107, probably during the rookie draft. So he sold his 107, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, somebody like that, gets an extra 2023 first out of it and a second round pick. You are a competing team, so that 107 player might have helped you out a little bit. But I, I think just the val when you have the value like that, I'm, I'm cool just taking it. Yeah, that 107 player might have helped you out a bit, but the player that you can buy maybe in season if you need to for the 2021 and two is going to be much better. So yeah, that's exactly. You might be able to buy low on not even buy low. You might even just be able to buy on Christian McCaffrey if he's having a breakout season and the guy's trying to tank, and he might yeah. just be like, oh, "I'll sell Christian McCaffrey for a singular 2023 first right now." Yeah, or or maybe you know you have to attach like a small piece, like if you don't get rid of Gibson by that point, or maybe you know. uh even Use if you have to do that, you got in the trade. If you give a one yeah. and two for Christian McCaffrey midseason, or you give a one and two for Stefan Diggs or something like that, who's having like a wide receiver one and it's not even close type of season. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that would be a good move. Uh, next move here we can move on to because we both think that you smashed that first move. Next move, uh, we're not even, you know, huge TJ Hawkinson fans, but uh, quite simply, you know, a 2023 two and two third round picks. Like if you need a tight end that's going to be able to produce, I'm fine with paying that for TJ Hawkinson easily. Yeah, he didn't say whether it was a tight end premium or not, but if it is, that even makes Hawkinson an yep. even uh, easier smash there. He also, um, so it looks like he made a move to to kind of put himself into win now mode. He traded away his 105 and a 2023 second. I guess he just I swapped 2023 seconds. I'm assuming one's yes. going to be earlier than the other. Um, but he got Joe Mixon out of it. And I mean, I'm not a big fan of just like buying Joe Mixon in general in Dynasty because I think he's for probably price. value. But for this price, this is probably solid for a contending yeah. team. 105 versus versus Joe Mixon. Would I rather have Kenneth Walker or Joe Mixon? Probably Joe Mixon if I'm kidding. Yep. Yeah, I would rather have Joe Mixon. So uh, I don't mind you making that move, especially because you need that point protect- potential this year. Um, at least we know Joe Mixon can be a good running back next this year and probably next year. Um, I think Kenneth Walker is going to be, but maybe you know his ceiling is RB11 because of the pass catching limitation. So uh, I don't mind making this move. Uh, it's going to be weird seeing, you know, FSE saying they're fine with the Joe Mixon acquisition. But if you're going to pay this type of price, I'm fine with it. Yeah, for sure. So um, I think Stoney's in a pretty good spot. I, like yep. I said, I see what you can do with Gibson. If you can get a difference making win now running back with Gibson or maybe a difference making win now, you know, other position, tight end or wide receiver or something like that. I would just see what you can do with Antonio Gibson because, I mean, he's a win now running back who's young still, but is probably more. Uh, appealing to a win now and people might still value that youth in him even though his job security might be a little bit sketchy going forward so again see what you can do with him let's move on to the final team of the video which is uh Jaden sharp 10 teams super flex half ppr league here uh dak prescott trey lance zach wilson like the most danny fucking uh, quarterback core i've ever seen javante williams Brees hall travis Etienne, david montgomery aj dylan leonard fournette tyler algier ramondre stevenson very very deep running back core aj brown t higgins dj moore Traylon burks Chris Godwin, Sky Moore, Rashad Bateman, Keenan Allen. I think he's just bragging at this point with this team. <laughs> it's Dallas Goddard. He also somehow has five ones next year. I don't know how the fuck you have. And two, two ones in 2024. If you told me you had none of your picks in 2023 and 2024, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. But you have somehow seven, seven for the next two drafts. Uh, this is the classic example of what we're always talking about. These are the teams that win dynasty titles, not, you know, a good redraft team. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, it's funny because you mentioned the, the person that won last year, he doesn't have depth. You know who has depth? You. You know who can actually realistically still compete for the championship? You. So you're the best of both worlds here. And th- again, Corey kind of mentioned it, but this is like what we stress. Why people, you know, sometimes will come in the comment section and will say, well, I don't agree, uh, you know, punting year one. If you punt year one and you collect this amount of assets, this amount of accumulation across the next future years, you can build monsters like this. People think it's so hard to build a monster in Dynasty, but if you play your cards right, guess what? Jaden just shows you how to do it. This is phenomenal work. Um, this is house money completely. Like your team can easily win the championship this year, and then you still have seven ones of liquidity in the next two draft classes. You're at the point that we talk about is the ideal place to be in in Dynasty. You can sacrifice value in trades to go. Yes. Get I, if you want to trade, you know, Trey Lance and two ones to go get Josh Allen, go do it. Honestly, like go, yeah. go get a superstar quarterback to go with Dak Prescott, go trade away, you know, DJ Moore in a first round pick and, you know, two seconds for fucking Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Like, I really don't care at this point. You have so much um, value. You have the best tight end in, in dynasty. You have a number, you have two top five wide receivers. You have two top six running backs and another top 10 running back. You have a top 10, two top 10 quarterbacks. Like you are 
in such a good position to go with seven first round picks that if you want to go get a couple more studs, go get Trey, like, like I said, go take Trey Lance, give two seconds and go get Josh Allen. Two seconds. It'll cost more than two seconds. Or sorry, yeah. two first. Sorry, two first. Yeah. If you need to do that, go ahead again. We stress. That's literally what he asked too. I didn't yeah. even actually read that part. He said trying to trade up Lance to get a better yeah. quarterback. Yeah, go ahead and do that. If yeah. you, I mean, Trey Lance could have a little bit more value uh, if he gets you know off to a great start from a rushing perspective. But you completely mitigate because there is risk with Trey Lance. You completely mitigate any risk to your roster if you go from Trey Lance to Kyler Murray or to to Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, yep. Justin Herbert. Yep. And uh, for reference too, that's this is a ten team league. So the fact that he basically owns half of the first round next year, half of the top 10 picks is uh, very, very nice. Um, but yeah, uh, Corey said it, but you know, small little micro transitions like that. We kind of talked about it, but the reason why we stress asset accumulation, value appreciation over the course of your startup in the first year or two is because once you're in this type of position, that's when you look for the production. That's when you're looking to say, hey, listen, I got, I got a monster. I'm able to, tra- to transition this now from a very nice looking team to a championship team. And you were just on that cusp ready to be able to do that transition. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor would be another guy that I would consider with this team as well. Cause you have, I mean, you have so many running backs that you could transition David Montgomery and Travis Etienne in a second and see what, if you can get Jonathan Taylor with that. And again, you're sacrificing value there, but I don't fucking care with this team. Yeah. Whatever you have to do, honestly. Uh, yeah. But either way, about 42 minutes in the video, if you guys have made it this far, Comment down below Dynasty Decisions Week. We are going through this all week, you know, four or five episodes, depending on how our queue gets to. Uh, we're ready to just keep spamming these out. Yeah, and um, to that point, just numerically, we will have Dynasty Decisions Episode 50 at some point this week, too. So once we get 50 strong, that'll be pretty cool. We might, I mean, we might do a giveaway or something like that for anybody who comments on Dynasty Decisions Episode 50. So um, actually, you want to just decide this right now? Let's just do What's this up? right now. Whoever comments down below Dynasty Decisions on these videos this week, we'll give them a $100 gift card. That's yeah. uh, We'll, we'll pay that out of pocket for those of you guys that have supported this series, and we'll announce the winner on episode 50. Yep. No, I'm down with that. Yeah, awesome. So we'll announce that stuff on Twitter as well. So if you guys didn't make it to this point in the video, just make sure you're following us on Twitter, and you'll obviously see that over there. So um, with that being said, like, comment, subscribe if you enjoyed. Join the Patreon if you guys want to support us. Check out Underdog Fantasy. Our promo code FSC gets you 100% match back on whatever you put in. The puppy's about half filled right now. Best Ball Mania going fast and furious as well. Uh, so make sure you guys check out that stuff. You'll also get, as a free gift, our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto for free for using our promo code. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon.